We've been in a series called Let the Church Be the Church. I think this is the last week, but I'm not really sure. We've been taking key passages from the book of Acts and just kind of going through them. And uh, this is Acts 15, 28. And it says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. We've been talking about hearing the voice of God. We've been talking about discovering God's will for your life and understanding what God's doing in your life. And so we're going to kind of hit that. We, I talked a lot about a lot of stuff last week that we won't get back to today. So uh, as I'm preaching and teaching, you might go, man, what about this or what about that? Well, I probably maybe answered that in last week's talk. So you can get that. Uh, we have the podcast for free. We're on YouTube. Obviously, that's free as well. So get last week's word and it'll probably, because this is kind of part two of last week's thought. But uh, I want to hit this again. And I really do believe that tonight's going to bring some clarity, some definition. And um, I I do not believe that it is God's will for your life to just kind of walk through a spiritual fog forever, wondering and wondering where you're going in life. But I believe that God wants to bring clarity to you. Can I hear an amen from somebody? And so um, let's get into this. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray now that you would speak clearly speak powerfully. I pray that, um, Lord, in these next few moments, you would help bring clarity and definition to our life. Holy Spirit, we're listening. Our hearts are open. Our spirit is willing. And we are leaning in, believing for a word from you that will change everything. Speak, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen and amen. So last week, we discovered that our God is a speaking God. And at the very beginning of creation in Genesis 1, we find that God gives us this little hint about who he is and what he does. It says 17 times in the book of Genesis chapter 1, God said, God said, God said, God said, God speaks. This is a hint to who God is, to his character, to his nature, to the way God does what he does. What does God do? God speaks. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, we find God walking through the garden in the cool of the day with his people. This is what God wants. Let me just make this really clear in case you didn't know. This is what God wants. He wants a walk with you. There are times that we run after God. There's times that we soar with God. But what God really wants day in, day out, is he wants a walk with you. He wants a pace with you where he holds your hand and he leads you, he guides you, he speaks to you, he encourages you, he corrects you, he walks with you like a father would walk with their child. This is what God wants. God wants relationship. God wants conversation. God wants family. This is what the Bible is. It is a book of conversations between God and his people. The Bible, the Bible does not and was never meant to answer every one of life's questions. Right. You know, it's not going to tell you where to go to college or, you know, who to date or, you know, what shirt to wear to church. It's not going to do that. It's a timeless text that shows us who God is, what God does, and how God does what he does. What does God do? God speaks, and when God speaks, things change, and God wants to speak to you. So a survey was taken of both Christians and non-Christians, and here was the question. If you could ask God anything, what would you ask him? And the vast majority of people came back and said this. If I could ask God anything, I would ask him, why am I here? What is God's will 
for my life, and I want to try to help you find that, discover that, and walk in that a little bit more today. So here's number one. Number one, God's will is the word. God's will is the word. I'm going to give you a scripture right now. It's going to change your life. Y'all ready? All right. Nobody. Okay. Let's try that again. Anybody ready for God to change your life right now? Okay, here it is. Here it is, right here. Here it is, right here. Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. What does the Bible say? You can walk in any situation. You can walk in any issue. You can walk into any setting. You can walk into any season with, what does the Bible say? What does the Word say? What does God say about this? I appreciate what the doctor says. What does the Bible say? I appreciate what, what, the, what the therapist is saying, but what does the Bible say? I, I understand what politicians are saying, but what does the Bible say? I understand what culture is saying, and they're saying something new every day, but what does the Bible say? What, what does it say? Because what the Bible says is going to be, at least for me, I can't speak for you, but for me and for this church, the Bible will be the final authority period. And not everyone's going to love that or celebrate that, and not everyone's going to be able to roll with that journey, especially as our culture goes crazier and crazier. But at the end of the day, this is a Bible church. We stand on the Word of God. We've got nothing else. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to tell it. And um, it's all we got. So before any major move, before any major decision, before, before we just go with natural wisdom, what does the Bible say? You know, people talk about, I need to find the will of God as if it's lost. <laughs> as if it's a secret, as if it's something God is hiding. No, no, no. It's right here. The will of God is the word of God. The word of God is the will of God. So much of our life can find clarity when we see it through the lens of the word of God. F.F. Bosworth said it like this, faith begins where the will of God is known. So the word won't always give you specifics, but it will give you principles for decision-making. It may not give you every specific, but it will give you major principles that you can walk into any situation and go, okay, I know the principle of God's word in this situation. I can go with what the word says. The word of God is the clearest form of the voice of God in your life. Look at Hebrews 4.12. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, and it pierces more sharply than a double-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart. This is what the word of God does. And I love how it starts, for we have the living word of God. The word of God interprets, the word of God reveals. You know, at our 1215, we now offer Spanish 
translation. We offer translation. We offer interpretation. So as I'm preaching in English, there are people with headsets on and they're hearing me preach in Spanish. They're, they're getting it translated. They're getting it interpreted. Listen, here's what the word of God, the word of God interprets. The word of God translates the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of God clarifies the voice of the Holy Ghost in your life. The word of God brings illumination and clarity and volume to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The word will always bring clarity. It becomes our moral foundation in which we make all decisions. So if the decision you want to make doesn't line up with God's word, you can judge it by the word and then course correct. So here's what I feel. Here's what I want. Here's what I think. Here's my opinion. But here's what the Bible says. (laughs) And I'm going to stick with the word. Yeah, amen. Three of you, praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to stick with the word. Everyone say, I'm going to stick with the word. I'm going to stick with the word. Now, now, I know this is freaky for some of y'all. Some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, what are we talking about? Yeah, we're, we're Bible people. So at first, this is a discipline. But it then becomes nature. Literally becomes your nature. Not just second nature, it becomes your nature. Just, I mean, you, you, I just could not make a decision today without God's word. I just couldn't. There's just, I, I can't do anything without God's word. I can't fight with my wife for more than a couple of hours before God's word levels me back up and I repent. Come on, somebody. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I fall at her feet for mercy. Because God's word just pulls me back. It just, it's everything. And it just brings me back. So now, during your life, you're going to hear three voices. See, you're not crazy. You just hear voices. You're going to hear three voices. You're going to hear God's voice, your voice, and the devil's voice. So you're all going to hear it. Here's here's what the the key to life is, is knowing which voice is speaking. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So how do you tell which is which? I was talking to Bree. She's one of our worship leaders, and she works at a bank. We were talking about the fact that uh, when they do, um, you know, at at the bank, they don't really do training to, to... tell the people how to spot a counterfeit bill. They just work with the real so much. They're constantly handling real money so much that if a counterfeit ever got in, they would feel it immediately. They would know it immediately. It has nothing to do with training, looking for counterfeit. They would just know it. They would feel it. They could look at it. They would just know it because they've, they've held on to the real so much that whenever they touch a counterfeit, they just go, oh, this is fake. Listen, here's how you hear the voice of God. You stay in the real so much. You stay in the genuine so much. You stay on God's unshakable word so much that come on somebody when counterfeit thoughts come when your flesh starts talking when the devil starts talking when the counterfeit thoughts start coming into your life and start trying to cheat you out of everything God has for you you can just go no 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 I know what the Bible says and what I'm thinking is crazy right now and that's the voice of the enemy that's the voice of the enemy trying to get me to give up that's that's my voice trying to get me to do something else but man I know what God's word says and that's how you can do what the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee how can you resist the devil because you know the voice 
voice of the enemy because it doesn't sound like the voice of your father. That's why Jesus said in John 10, or excuse me, in John 10, he said, the voice of a stranger you will not follow because my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. In other words, just learn my voice and the voice of a stranger you will not follow. Jesus didn't even have to do a class on to know what the devil's voice is. He just said, learn my voice. And once you know my voice, every other voice you'll be able to define and resist. Come on, can you say amen to God's word? Come on. So God's voice will always line up with scripture, always. It will never contradict scripture, ever. If what you tell me the Holy Spirit's telling you cannot be backed up and confirmed by the word, it's not the Holy Spirit. Might be your imagination. It might be you wanting it to be the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It might have been pizza from the night before and you had a weird dream, but it's not God. God's voice will always stretch your faith. Every time. You know, we got our miracle offering coming up in September for our next building. And so I thought I'd throw a little plug in there real quick. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, if you're praying, I'm going to ask the whole church, you know, be praying about what, um, what you should give. And, you know, if you get two numbers, you go with the bigger number. Amen. That's the, that's, because <laughs> it'll always stretch your faith. So if you're like, man, should we get $500 or $4? Yeah. Five, yeah. Okay. It's probably not four. Okay. And I'm, I, I kid, but for real, the voice of the Holy Spirit will always stretch your faith. The voice of the Holy Spirit will always cause you to be a blessing to others. So the word of God amplifies the voice of God, confirms the voice of God, brings clarity to the voice of God. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is like a river that flows. And so if the Holy Spirit is like a river that flows, God's word is the bank of that river that keeps it going in one direction. And God's okay with that. So can God speak today? Of course. But God has also given us final authority. I'm not final authority. God is final authority. Amen. I'm not the Pope. I can't forgive you of your sins. Neither can he, but you know, <laughs> I don't, that's not a dig. I'm just saying it. You know, I'm not the prophet at the LDS church down the street. He's not either, but he thinks he is. And he, he can't, I, I'm not, I'm not Elijah. See, the Bible says once God spoke through prophets, but now he speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Does it mean there is no more prophecy? No, there's still prophecy. But it all prophecy bows to the authority of Jesus and to the scripture. So if I get up here and I start talking about, you know, I have a new revelation. You know, you won't find it here, but God really spoke to me. No, man, run, y'all, run, run. I'm not your final authority. I cannot forgive sin. I can't bless you or curse you. Only God can do that. All I, all I am is a Bible teacher that can feed you God's word and tell you, here's what, here's what God's word says. Here's some good wisdom. Now you're going to have to go figure, you're going to have to go do what you're going to do because you're an adult and you got to go do adult stuff. But here's what the Bible says. And I think you should do what the Bible says. And that's where, that's where I am. 
And we have, you know, we got a lot of people and especially spirit-filled churches, if you grow up like me, where, man, it's like the pastor's the man of God. You know, you can't, we got, we got to get blessed by the pastor. What is it? What are we talking about? Just crazy stuff where pastors put fear on people. Crazy, 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 crazy. And so we don't, we don't do any of that. All, all like, I, you know, I can't tell you what to do. You all know that? I can't tell you what to do. All I can do is say, here's what the Bible says. If you come to me for wisdom, all I can say is, here's what the Bible says. Here's some thoughts. Here's some opinions. You do you. So I wish I had a more interesting way to say what I'm about to say. But this is all I got. You need to read your Bible. Like, I wish I could say that better. Could I say it funny? Could I say it? Could I say it in French? Could I say it in Hebrew? Would that help? I don't know. Could I say it in tongues? You know, Shundai, read your Bible. I don't know. Could I... Can I say it in old King James, thus saith the Lord, read ye Bible. I don't know if that helps, but all I got and all you got is the word. It's all you need. It's the foundation for all things. It's your lifeline to heaven. And now can the Holy Spirit speak? Of course. And I, I believe every week the Holy Spirit illuminates scripture and puts burdens on my heart to preach. Of course. But at the end of the day, this, this is it. This is it. And you're always going to be on safe ground when your feet are on the word of God. Number two, God's will is connected to what you love. God's will is connected to what you love. This one's really going to set a lot of people free. Psalm 139, you're going to love this. This is from the Passion Translation, which is beautiful. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. Oh, this is good news. Listen to this. Verse 5, you've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness... You follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. Okay, thank you, Jesus. If anyone's ever made a mistake, that's a good, that's a good little praise the Lord right there. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart blessings to me. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Let me just break down what I just read. God knows you. God loves you and God wants, to his, God wants to accomplish his will with you. God knows you, God loves you, and God wants to accomplish his will with you. He will not do it for you, he'll do it with you. Well, whatever God wants to do, he'll just do. That's not true. Not everything that happens is the will of God. That's why when you get sick, you go to a doctor. You don't get sick and go, well, I guess the Lord's just doing something. <laughs> Someone's breaking into your house, you call the cops. You don't say, well, I guess they need this and it's the Lord's will. And <laughs> Not everything's God's will, y'all. That's why you wear a seatbelt. In case somebody hits you. 
God wants to accomplish his will in you and with you. Philippians 2.13, God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Implanting passion, think about it. So let me just ask a few questions. Think about this if you're taking notes, this is important. What do you love? What do you love? Do more of that. Now, what you love doesn't mean that you'll always get paid to do it. So don't, don't let the devil keep you there. That the will of God has to be when you get paid to do the thing you love. That's not always reality. Sometimes it is, but it's not always reality. So don't get caught in that. Don't get caught in that. The fullness of God's will for my life is when I'm getting paid to do the thing I like. That's cool, and that's a dream. But it doesn't always work that way. And if you believe that, what'll happen is you'll always be frustrated that you're not getting paid to do the thing you love. Sometimes it just doesn't work that way. So you gotta think about it a little bit different and a little bit bigger. Like, like I, I love to cook, but I'm not a professional chef. And so, and if you love to cook, it may not be that you're gonna be a professional chef. Maybe what it means is you have a gift of hospitality. Romans 12, that's a real spiritual gift. You have a gift of hospitality and you need to have more people at your house and you need to entertain and you need to love on people and you need to cook for people and you need to, and you need to do that. And, and, and that, that's part of God's will for your life. It may, not, it may not be able to be monetized, but it's a part of what gives you passion and energy. Okay. What do you hate? Correct that. Maybe part of your call in life is to correct injustice in the world. What do you hate? Correct that. What invokes passion? Do more of that. Okay. What are you good at? Get better at that. Now you might start making some money. Hey. What comes easy to you? That's probably your gift. Am I helping anybody? Yes. So, so, so what do you love? Define it and do more of it. Because it's tied to the will of God. So our destiny is not just this one thing. I'll put this up on the screen. The, the Greek idea of destiny, 